Hello, Blisters. Welcome to your second episode of Trevor's Obsessions, your off-week special mini-episode to help fill in the gaps while you pine away just aching and waiting for the next full episode of Retro Blist. Um, it's really time for a Retro Herald, sort of, but Johnny wanted me to go ahead and get out another Obsession episode, and we're probably going to more or less alternate between the Trevor's Obsession and Retro Herald episodes on the off weeks when there's not a full Retro Blist. If you've never listened to us before, Retro Blist is a bi-weekly podcast where me and my friend Johnny sit down, play one game from the usually the 80s or 90s, but we've played some Atari 2600 games as well, and we play it, and then we review it, tell you if it holds up. Is it good today? Was it ever any good? But on the off weeks, we put out a little mini episode, and um, mine is basically, as I described last time, what I'm obsessing about currently, and I'm just going to talk about it. Last time it was board games, just in general. I gave you some of my twisted, sordid history with board games, and um, probably scared some of you away. But uh, we're going to bring it back down to reality a little bit this week and actually talk about a video game. In fact, one specific video game. It's Horizon Chase Turbo. And it just came out for the Switch and Xbox One. It's a download-only game. Uh, it actually came out for the PlayStation 4 earlier this year. Uh, you can download it now at any of those stores, the eShop, the Live Arcade, the PlayStation Store, for $19.99. And... Um, is it going to be worth it, though, to play a game that plays like your old OutRun or Top Gear or Rad Racer? Can a game like that really hold your interest enough you know, to be worth 20 bucks in the modern era? Let's find out on this episode of Trevor's Obsession. Those of you who haven't noticed, that sweet, sweet tune is um, the Bliss Quiz played backwards. Isn't that neat? So, Horizon... Sorry, this... this I, I won't say one complaint. The name of this game, I always try to say it backwards. It, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. It's Horizon Chase Turbo. And um, it's actually a very fitting name, but it's a game developed by... Aquarius Game Studio, which is a Brazilian game studio. I looked them up, and they've done a few different things. Actually, quite a few Cartoon Network games. Um, more like download PC-type games, mobile games. I think they pretty much said, and I would have to agree just from looking at their history, this was sort of their first chance to really make the game they wanted to make. You know, they've kind of done their time making these games. But this is a game that just... They wanted to make uh, because their love for these old um, arcade style racers. And when I say arcade style racer, uh, I'll go ahead and help you out here. I'm not talking about like Need for Speed or even like San Francisco Rush. I'm talking about 
Outrun Top Gear, which we covered on for the Super Nintendo um, quite a few episodes ago on this show on Retro Blist. Um, uh, Rad Racer was one of the first one I played, um, where uh, you're in control of your car, but it's more like the the track itself is scrolling. And your car is going to go around the turns whether you control it or not. But if you don't control it, you're going to slam into stuff. <laughs> uh, that's kind of the deal. Um, Outrun, I guess, is the most popular game that this is very much uh, inspired by. Um, it is a retro style game, but it's also um, a modern a modern game. Like This could not have worked on the Super Nintendo. No way. Or even the PlayStation, for that matter. It's uh, or, or even the PlayStation Two. I mean, it's I'm not going to get into graphics yet, but it's it's a it's a nice looking game. But just to save you some time from listening, if you because I'm gonna this is a Trevor's obsession episode, so you can probably guess the next 15 minutes or so, however long this episode goes, is going to be me uh, raving about this game quite a bit, or else it wouldn't be I'd be on a Trevor's obsession episode. And also, I'm sorry. That I'm getting tongue-tied right now. It's actually after midnight. Um, this is a weird experiment I'm doing. Me and Johnny would never record Retro Bliss after midnight. There's just no way that would happen. But I just got a weird uh, burst of energy. It's a Friday night. Um, my wife's been upstairs asleep for like two hours uh, on the couch. I came downstairs to clean up the basement, uh, clean up the shower a little bit. And I'm tired, like my eyes are really heavy but I kind of had some energy too. And I think it's because I really want to talk about this game. So to help you out, to know if you're going to be interested in this or not, just know this is about as much a racing game as, um, oh, I need a good example. Brain, sleepy, tired. Um, This is as much a racing game as Pac-Man is a maze game. I can't think of a better example than that. (laughs) You know, Pac-Man takes place in a maze, but Pac-Man has its own zen-like experience, and that's what it is. This is one of those racing games that's not... I don't think you necessarily have to love racing games to love this kind of game. That might sound silly, but it's truly its own beast. It's an arcade classic racing game that that has a feel that just kind of predates the era where you really had tons of control over your car. Yet... At dust block, you have tons of control over your car. And I'm probably just making this more complicated than it needs to be. Let's just get into it. Horizon Chase Turbo. Um, top Gear that we covered on this show uh, some episodes ago is the game this reminds me the most of. And if you remember, me and Johnny were both just really loved that game. It, it's simple, but it's just fun. This sort of takes Top Gear to the next level. And I'm comparing it more to Top Gear than Outrun, although it feels and even looks a lot like Outrun. It's it has laps. You're going laps around a track, more like Top Gear. You know, Outrun is is based on time. This isn't based on time. You don't run out of time. You just do um, laps around a track. It can be anywhere from two to six, depending on the length of the track. Um, but the races are super short. I'm talking two minutes for the whole race, give or take. Um, and it just has that ag- addictive quality to it, partly for that reason. But your different modes, uh, you have your world world tour. I can, I can tell it's getting late now. I'm starting to slur. I'm not dr- drunk. I'm not drunk to drop. I'm not dropped to drunk of alcohol. 
because uh, I do not partake in the alcohol, but I should be partaking in the sleep because I'm starting to feel it right now. What do you think? Should I keep this episode? Yeah, let's go with it. So, World Tour is sort of the main mode, and this is where you go through all 12 locations and race on tracks, place as well as you can. You don't have to get first on every race, but you get more points, and you have to have points to unlock the next tracks. So, you might could do worse on a few tracks, but you need to get at least good enough to get enough points to unlock more locations. And this is where the first place the game just soars. For a $20 game, oh man, 12 locations, 109 tracks. And yes, they're short, they whiz by, but these 109 tracks are very distinct from each other. The locations, even with the same, like for example, California is your first location. Um, and that's actually the only location in the continental United States. It takes you all over the world. But California has, I think, nine tracks altogether. And even within California, you're going from, you know, like downtown. I mean, it's all like Outrun or Rad Racer style. You're not really like going into city streets or anything. It's more about the track design itself in the background. But you might be heading towards the Golden Gate Bridge. You might be going through the forest. Or you might be, you know, heading to the, the Los Angeles city skyline. You know, they're all very distinctive. Um, and so 109 tracks, 12 locations. You know, we're talking places like uh, Chile and Brazil, which, by the way, I, I think I said that, but the game studio is made in Brazil. So there's a few little nods to Brazil. Um, Iceland, Hawaii. Hawaii's the other United States location. Um, Australia. The Australian fans you probably enjoy that. I've not actually made it to Australia yet. Um, I should say I've not beat this game, but I've played a lot of it. I mean, I've played out of the 109 tracks, I've probably played 50, um, 50 tracks and I love that there's so much more for me to experience. And I wanted to review this before I finished it because I'm just excited to talk about it. Um, so your world tour mode is, it's sort of how you go through the main game. Then you have the tournament which if you play multiplayer, which by the way, this game supports up to four-player split screen, you have times and leaderboards and stuff online, but it really doesn't have true online multiplayer, and I'm going to tell you I am fine with that. This is the kind of game, if you're going to play multiplayer, you need to get your butt off the couch, pick up your telephone, and tell your buddies to come over, which they probably won't because they're probably going to be busy on Facebook or doing something with something, but... You need to do that because this is meant for couch multiplayer. Two to four players. And the tournament mode would probably be a really good place to do the multiplayer because it's basically four fixed races. It doesn't have to be in the same location. Just four races and and you go at it. Then you got the endurance mode, which is like tournament, but it has a lot more tracks. And I've not done this. In fact, I've not even played this mode yet. Um, I've, I've spent all my time in World Tour. Just going through tracks, unlocking new tracks, unlocking new cars. Um, but endurance mode, <laughs> apparently you can go with up to 109 tracks. All of them, in other words, which is just craziness. But anyways, um, and then you have playground mode, which I believe I believe I heard that was actually um, exclusive to the Switch, the Nintendo Switch version. 
I'm not sure why, but I think I heard that it is. But it basically just mixes things up. They're like timed events. So you might go and they put weather on a track that doesn't normally have weather. Um, because there is weather in this game. There's rain and even like a fog effect. It's just it's pretty cool. Um, there might be unlimited turbo boost um, on a track. So Playground just kind of mixes things up. So that, that's your main modes. But again, two to four player. And from what I understand, you can even play through the world tour, at least two player. And so you can actually kind of be cooperative by either helping each other out or getting in each other's way. Because ultimately, there's 20 cars all together on the track. And the real challenge of this game is just weaving in and out of traffic. Um, that's really the challenge of it. So, yeah, the, the gameplay basically is simple as can be. Anyone can play it. It only has two wrinkles. It has two twists to it. And neither of them are groundbreaking, but I think they're perfect. The first twist is coins. There's coins scattered over every track, and to truly master a track to get the super trophy, you not only have to get first place, but also collect every coin. And of course, you can probably guess some of these coins are like around the sharp corner. And you've only got, say, three laps to collect all the coins. So it becomes really addicting. It becomes its own game and adds to the challenge. It might sound silly, but I might be like, oh man, I missed two of those coins. On the next lap, it's my last lap. I've got to try to remember where those coins were because I really want to get that highest possible score on this track. Um... It just it adds to the addiction, and it helps you unlock more tracks because the coins are extra points towards unlocking tracks. Um, and the other wrinkle is gasoline, and I love how this game does it. Uh, when we covered Top Gear for the Super Nintendo, we kind of enjoyed the fact that you could run out of gas. It's actually kind of funny. But in that game, you had to pit, and sometimes going into the pits was frustrating for us. This game, there are no pits. There's no pausing. I mean, the whole race is two minutes. There's not time to pit. What there are are gas cans. And just like the coins, you would do well to remember where those gas cans are because you absolutely can run out of gas. If You need to at least pick up a couple of gas cans, I think. Um, I ran out of gas a couple of times. It's not huge. It's not super frustrating. But if you just totally forget to pick up any gas, it can happen. Those two things are just enough, though, to give you something else to go for. And I love that about it. Um, and... I think what some people are going to be frustrated with is that the challenge of this game really does come in almost like Twitch gameplay, like fast reflexes. It's not, again, it's not your traditional racing game. The most frustrating thing that can happen in this game is when you ram into the back of other cars because it slows you way down and it launches them forward. But I don't dislike that. I just know that's the biggest challenge in the game. So when you're weaving out of traffic, you've got to take some care. Um, there is a brake button, and I very rarely use it, but it is there. But you at least need to let off the gas sometimes so you're not just slamming in the back of other cars. Um, so basically there's that, and then just taking sharp turns. The game is super intuitive. You can take turns at crazy speeds. It's, it's, it's arcadey with a capital R, or a capital A. Well, failing. But it is... Um, still requires input from you to to go around a sharp turn without slamming into something, a sign or a tree or whatever, and your car will flip. But it's not, again, it's an arc, arcadey, arcadey, arcadey. So when you flip, 
you keep going, you just lose a lot of speed. <laughs> so you're probably going to get past, but you may not be out of the race. Um, I've got first place in races before where I've had crashes that would have killed any real person. So, you know, but again, I like that about it. It's not a huge punishment for crashing. It just slows you down some. But um, I want to get into what I really love about it uh, in the final review and the final score. But that's kind of all I'll say about the gameplay is it's very, very dirt simple. But for me, those two little twists, the coins and the gasoline, and just the fun of weaving in and out of traffic trying to, to get in front and not get clustered in the back, um, it's enough to keep me going. Uh, let's talk about the graphics. So, I love the way this game looks. I just absolutely love it. There's a lot of games, a lot of games on the eShop and all of the download services that are trying to look retro. And sometimes it works really well. And then sometimes it just looks like a copycat. Like it's not novel like it used to be. I think it takes a lot for a game to stand out. And I don't know exactly what it is, but I love the way this game looks. Because it manages to immediately call to mind games like OutRun, like Top Gear, even like Rad Racer, all the way back on the NES. It immediately calls those games to mind, but is just bursting with color and just, I think it's beautiful. It is intentionally low polygon, but I don't know. I think it's almost stunning looking in motion. And it just is a feast for the eyes. It just... It's, you almost couldn't take in... A game moves so fast, you almost could not take in any more detail. There's been times, like I was in Santorini, you know, with the, the white buildings, with the blue domes. And it's like, it's drawn. Like, the backgrounds look like they're they're drawn. Um, they're not 3D at all. But then there's things in the foreground that, that are 3D. Sort of like this low polygon, um, very colorful, art artistic style. I just think it looks great. Um, and I've seen lots of other games in this style, but this one works so well for what it's trying to do. And my favorite thing about the graphics is something that I remember from OutRun doing very well, and that's the heels. I know it sounds silly. This is a modern game. I remember saying the same thing about Top Gear, but it's just really cool when you go up and down hills. It makes you feel like you're on a roller coaster. And because this game uses that same like scrolling track design, it's so cool when you go up and down hills. Um, it's hard to believe something like that can be exciting in 2018, but it is. Um, I, I just love the way the game looks. It's It amazes me. I thought, honestly, with 109 tracks when I heard that, I thought, yeah, I bet you that there's probably only like six designs, though, and they all look similar. Every single track has something that makes it stand out. Some more than others, but every single track is distinctive. Not just between the locations, but within the same cup, within the same general location. Um, like I said, you start out in California, there's no two tracks that look the same. You go to Chile next, there's no two tracks that look the same. And that just blows my mind. Again, for a $60 full retail game, it would be pretty impressive. But for a $20 download from a, a small company from, from uh, Brazil, I mean, I don't know what Brazil has to do with it, but I'm just saying... You know, I'm just impressed. I'm very impressed graphically. The the variety in it is maybe the most impressive thing. And then, of course, we have the music. Um, I saved music for last because, honestly, when I when I heard about the soundtrack, 
that's when I decided, okay, I'm downloading this game. I think I downloaded it that day. I was already thinking it looked pretty cool. But then I heard that the music was composed by Barry Leached, or Leached. I might be saying his name wrong. Barry, L-E-I-T-C-H, who made the music for multiple games, including Lotus Turbo Challenge, Top Gear, and the Rush series. You know, San Francisco Rush, Rush 2049, all the Rush games, and then Top Gear. That really got me, because if you remember, if you listen to that episode, the music was probably our favorite part about that game. It just was so fun and just so much better than it needed to be. And he designed a whole soundtrack with lots of different songs for this game. But several of them, several of them are like spiritual reimaginings of music from Top Gear, including there's two songs in Top Gear that just stick with you. You can't get them out of your head once you play it. One in particular, but there's really two, I think, that were just huge, hugely awesome. Those are both in here, I think, in multiple different variations. Um, I I just love it. (laughs) That main Top Gear song. That was terrible. But anyways, it's in here. There's like a guitar solo with it. It's it's just awesome. (laughs) I love the music from Top Gear so much, and to hear just... This is Barry doing that kind of music without the limitations of, you know, the Super Nintendo chip. And I love it. Um, I love it so much that I found out you can get a physical CD signed by Barry Leached himself. I think I said his name different every time I said it. But anyways, signed by him for $15 and free shipping. I know for some of you, you're like, well, who cares? I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> I had to do it. Um, again. Uh, the theme of this uh, mini-series is called Trevor's Obsession. So, there's the obsession part. I bought, this, I bought the soundtrack before I even had the game. No joke. I bought a $15 soundtrack for a game that only costs $19.99. <laughs> um, but it's on its way. It should be to me Monday. And I'm super excited. It's got like 20 tracks on it. And none of them are super short. It's a jam-packed CD. Um, I, I recommend you head to Bandcamp. If anything I'm saying sounds interesting to you. You can download the album for like five bucks, five or six bucks. Um, or you can get the CD for 15 And just from playing the game for hours, and I have played it for hours, and I've only had it a few days, which is really rare for me. I usually just do not put that kind of time into a game. Um, you you owe it to yourself to check out this music if, if you enjoyed you know, Lotus Challenge, Top Gear, the Rush series. Um, it's so good. I guess I shouldn't say much else about the music, but it's, you know, one of my previous obsessions, and I, and I still am obsessed about Donkey Kong Country, but I said the music in that game is almost like it's soulful. It's just so much better than it needs to be for a game about a monkey jumping on trees. For me, the music in this game almost makes it, at times, in those rare moments when you're just speeding down the highway, going around turns, and you're like in a zen-like state, kind of like when you're playing a really good puzzle game like Tetris, and you get in that zen-like state, and the music is bringing nostalgia to you from past games, but also just awesome. It's almost a transcendent experience. (laughs) Not all the time, but for me, there are moments that it almost crosses that line and just becomes something truly special. Um, 
And yes, again, I'm talking about a $20 download arcade racing game. But for me, that's just, it is that special to me. Um, I don't think you have to have nostalgia for those games either because I really didn't have nostalgia for Top Gear or the Top Gear music. But just when we played it for this podcast, I just remembered how great it was. Um, but anyways, I think you should check out the soundtrack, whether you get the game or not. But obviously, I'm recommending you get the game. Speaking of, just a few final points, like what specifically made me obsess about this game? And then I'll give my review score. Um, this is the kind of funny Trevor's Obsession episode, because it almost could have been a Retro Blist episode, because I'm just reviewing a game. But it's technically not a retro game, so it wouldn't qualify anyways for our main podcast. Um, you know, I think when I do these Obsession episodes, I like to break it down into bullet points. Because everybody likes bullet points. So what makes Trevor obsessed about Horizon Chase Turbo? For me, it is a mix of the beautiful artistic style with the uh, music that just sends me to my happy place. But really, the hook is that the races are quick and... Even if you're doing bad, it's so quick, you can't really get too frustrated. And that leads to just an addictive nature. Just one more race. I can't tell you how many times I thought to myself, oh, I better turn this off. All right, just one more race. Just the next track. So many times. Uh, the excellent and elegant track design. Um, the last I checked, this game had several, like, 9 out of 10 reviews for the Switch version, and then one person gave it a 5, and I had to read the review, and I'm not calling out other critics who are actually professionals, but they, they knocked the boring track design, and I'm just thinking, man, man, this, if you have any love for these style of arcade racers at all, this track design is excellent. I mean, it's honestly probably better than most of the classics it gets compared to. The fact that there's so many tracks, and I've not found a dud yet. I'm on the 5th country, yeah, I believe it's the fifth country. So I'm somewhere around 50 tracks that i played now. Because each country has 8 to 10 tracks. I've not found a dud yet. I mean, they're all just so solid and awful different enough. I never feel like i played the same track twice. So I love the excellent, elegant track design with incredible variety. I love the fact that it's just dirt simple with two little twists that are enough to just give you something to go for besides getting first place. And that's the coins that you collect to truly master a track. And then the gasoline cans that you need to seek if you don't want to run out of gas. Those two twists are enough. And I think just the, the awesome package as a whole. I've not even played the multiplayer yet. I hope uh, I get a chance to play this with Johnny or, or my brother Derek. I really think they would like it. But even not even touching the multiplayer, not even touching the endurance mode yet. I've not even touched the playground mode yet. All I've done is world tour. Um, but unlocking tracks and unlocking cars, I didn't even mention. There's 32 cars, it says. You only start out with, I think it's two, but you unlock them regularly. I think I have about 10 now. Um, and they're very much based on real world cars, but just in a not officially licensed. Um my favorite one so far is a, a little like a station wagon with a ladder, <laughs> a ladder on the top. But most of them are more serious looking. You have your everything from 
Japanese sports cars to something that looks like a Ferrari to your like your Mustang um, to a station wagon with a ladder on it. It's it's never it's not as silly as like the San Francisco Rush series, but it also doesn't take itself too seriously when it comes to cars and stuff. So I don't know. I just I think it's excellent. I mean, I've only played one of the modes so far, and I don't feel bad about reviewing it because even even if the other modes are terrible. And I'm sure they're not, but even if the other modes are terrible, I love this game. So, um, shoot, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to go long enough to make this episode worth releasing, and I'm almost at 30 minutes. Holy cow. <laughs> this could almost been a full episode of Retro Bliss. Um, but I'm tired. I don't even know what I've said. Um, Chris, if this episode's too terrible, just delete it. Pretend it never happened. Never tell anybody. Don't tell Johnny especially. He just gives me such a hard time. Oh. Uh, he's going to drive me to do things one day. Uh, just kidding. Um, yeah, I, I just cannot recommend this game enough. I'm going to go ahead and give it a score. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. And again, that's without even having played some of the modes. Uh, I just read a review that said the Endurance mode was actually their favorite mode. I've not even played that yet. Um, I haven't even touched the multiplayer. I'm giving it a 9 out of 10, and I only see that going up. I love it so much. Even having played through, you know, maybe about a third to a half, somewhere between a third and a half of the, the world tour mode, um, if they release this on a physical Switch cartridge tomorrow, I would wait till after Christmas because I spent too much money. But after Christmas, I would totally buy it. Um, I love it that much. I would love to have it on my shelf and pull it out in five years. I, I just think it's just that good. It is that good. It is not a fly by night. I can't stress it enough. This is not a fly-by-night um, car carbon copy of these old racing games. Um, so if you just love that truly, the spirit of those truly old-school racers, where that's before the time when we really cared about things like physics or realism, I think you owe it to yourself to try this game. It's, I mean, 20 bucks. it's not a huge investment. Um, and I do w wish, it, you know how I feel about download games. But even as a download at 20 bucks, I feel like I've already got my money's worth, every penny of it. And I have so much left to do. Just in the world tour mode, I'm like a third done. And I played this game for hours already. Um, it's so good, I wish they would release it as a physical version because I would get it for my brother uh, who has a Switch um, for, for his birthday or something. Um, I, I just want to share this game with other people. But I'm rambling. It's now 12.38 a.m., I should not be up. So, hey, look forward to a new episode of Retro Bliss next Tuesday. And this has been Trevor's Obsession.